All right. So, um, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining. Um, I'm excited to uh, introduce you to my colleague and friend, uh, Spencer Norman, who is an assistant professor of graphic design at my alma mater, uh, California University of Pennsylvania in uh, Southwestern PA. Um, thanks for joining me, Spencer. Really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure, Roger. How the hell are you? I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm sort of good. You know, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm self-isolating and I'm, I'm getting very used to, uh, the, the walls that I live within. And yeah, so it, it's, it's, uh, it's a big, it's a big change. Well, you've got, it looks like you've got your guitar in the background. Yeah. I've got my, isn't it weird with, with zoom? It's sort of like, Oh my God, where can I, where can I set up? That, that doesn't look awful because we live in quite a small house that is going through some sort of like remodeling thing. So it either looks like a bomb's gone off or, uh, you know, so I'm not trying to be pretentious here, but um, right. you know, I, I sort of like about a couple of years ago, I got back into, I've always been into music, but I got back into playing music. Okay. So Is that a bass what, guitar or a six string? It's a bass guitar and a okay. six string up there. So, you know. Cool. I uh, I did not get the musical genes from from my, my so my brothers are like prodigies. It's ridiculous. They've got really? pitch. They know exactly what to do as soon as they pick up any instrument. I didn't get any of that. Um, I got all the I got all the visual arts skills and then like the the skills to like not fundamentally wreck your life at any given moment. So. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so I think it's a trade, a good trade off there. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad we got to connect. I, I had wanted to connect obviously with you, um, this past academic year, but I left, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I left yeah, Youngstown. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I, I, I went up there and, and, and visited, uh, <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think? with, with the artist lecture series thing, which I think you were part of. Yeah. Uh, or, or you were part of the invite, and um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it, it was fairly snowy out there, and but a nice little venue. It was it was good. Yeah, the the McDonough, if if they had you speak there, it was yeah. uh, is it, always great to to have folks yeah, there really nice. for sure. Really nice. So, um, so you're a graphic designer. You're, do you teach graphic design? Um, I'm interested in you know, where you got that itch? When, what was that moment you realized, like, design is it for me? Uh, I, I, can, I can still very clearly remember it. And, and it's, uh, it's a story that I include in, in my, you know, uh, we all, as professors, go through the promotion, jumping through ring, bullshit stuff right and and i include this in every single sort of like promotion document and and why why do you want to be tenured and all of this sort of thing and and um i, I was i i was 11 years old and um we had a new a new math teacher who also doubled up as our art teacher at school which is a really weird combination in, in my eyes a really weird combination. Yeah. you know i always think that either you Visually, you're good or you're good at math, but the two don't ever cross unless you're, you're John Mader or something like that, you know, working at MIT. But anyway, um, 
so she um, she was really cool, she, and, and it was like, oh my god, this is a cool tea. You know, you just knew she was cool. She didn't necessarily dress really cool. Mrs. Miss Maloney, she was cool. She didn't dress. There was something just like cool about her, and um, she set us a uh, a competition, and she said, uh, I, "I want you to design a." record cover and this is in the days when when record cut as you can see behind you know right. record covers were sort of like 12 point something inches square um and and she said uh, i want you to design a record cover you can do anything that you want this was in art class not in math class uh you can do anything that you want um and my boyfriend works at virgin records right and virgin records had only just you know i mean this was in probably the late seventies Virgin records was still pretty new. And she said, and he's got a load of swag, all of these t-shirts and pins and, and whatever. And, and we're going to give these out and, and whoever wins gets the big prize of, of his right. t-shirts and whatever. So I thought, yeah, I'll go for this. Um, and I designed a, designed a record cover. I can't even remember who it was for. I think it was for an imaginary band and it had sort of like, you know, I mean, this was the late seventies, and we were some all thinly veiled popular bands, right? Yeah, yeah. No, actually, I do. I remember the band. the The band was called Mad, which stood for Mutually Assured Destruction, because I was yep. quite really political as an eleven or twelve year old, and I used to go on CND marches in England, campaign for nuclear disarmament. So there was this big sort of like mushroom cloud coming out of <laughs> the record with a. I don't know, like a lightning strike coming through it, something like that. Anyway, right. and I won, and 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 I said. I really enjoyed doing this. You know, I, I was just getting into music at that stage as well. So it was like the, the you know, late 70s, early 80s, really interesting time for music as well. Um, and I said, you know, what do you call these people that design record covers? She said, they're, they're called graphic designers. And I used to be one, but then I decided to come back and start teaching. And I'm like, oh my God, that's where she met her boyfriend at Virgin Records. And, and, and so it was that point, that point on, apart from a, a, a brief sort of, flirtation with wanting to become a librarian for some weird reason for about a year i thought oh yeah i'll become a librarian i'll, I'll just you know stick around with some dusty books other than that point <laughs> I, ever, I have never that was it it was always uh uh you know unfortunately by the time i graduated the the lp as we knew it at the time of my youth was dead and been replaced mm -hmm. by something sort of like this big you know little did yeah. i know that they would be coming back again um yeah so so that was that was the point really um and i thought i'm gonna go into the music industry and i'm just gonna have the coolest job designing record covers for the rest of my life and work with great bands so it was this sort of like my my two interests at the time were music and and sort of like anything visual and design and my mom also had like great she used to um whenever she did the housework she would listen to jazz yeah, so we had all these blue note covers, you know, and I would just look at these amazing blue note covers of Thelonious Monk and Miles Davis and think, oh my God, these are so cool, you know, with the sort of like duotone photos and whatever. So it was sort of all of that. Awesome. And then, so you've been designing ever since, basically. Yeah, really. I mean, you know, uh, the the love of music got me into, you know, I, I started playing in in bands from the age of 12 and I would always design the logos that we had that we would paint on the back of our jackets or whatever naff thing, you know, and design the flyers that we would put around the social clubs that we played at or whatever it was, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Um, and then, and then, you know, did design at 
at school and then went off and started my college career. What are you listening to now, by the way? What am I listening to now? Yeah. I, oh, God. I, I, it, it's, it's weird because of the subscription services that you have, you know? I mean, I don't really listen to, even though I've got a record player behind me and, and LPs up here, you know, I mostly listen online. So I, okay. I think the last one was some remixes of Jamiroquai or something. I listen to a lot of uh, dance music. Uh, okay. Really loud to sort of like uh, cheer myself up in these crazy sure. times and, and, you know. Yeah, something upbeat. Yeah, some yeah. personality. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, <laughs> love, I love soul and funk music and uh, I'm, a, I'm a big disco fan as well. I love that cool. sort of stuff. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've always enjoyed the blend of musicians and designers. I've found that, um, you know, it, especially like if you're a guitar player, guitar players tend, the, the ones I've, I've had in class before have tended to be like really good designers. And it's because they've spent so much time looking at album artwork, you know, band merchandise and, and stuff like that. And um, I've always enjoyed the assignment where they have to translate sound visually. Yeah. Have you ever had to do that? We had a we had a crazy typographer at, at my at, at my degree program, a visiting typographer who who she was an expressive typographer, and she came in for a day's workshop and made us in the morning. We had to go outside and collect materials to make the brushes and and implements that we would then dip in ink and make uh, expressive typography with. So, and then we had to sort of like come in and make brushes out of grass and, and weirds and twigs and whatever and then that was how uh, that was then you know we, we went on to the sort of like express music express sound yeah there was somebody on my masters that was doing something about one of the projects about that I sort of get them to do a, a project like like that in my my visual communication one class yeah, um, you know, it just occurred to me. So uh, I, I was teaching a class called Digital Fine Art at La Roche University when I started my teaching career. And one of the projects that uh, I had them do was this sound translation. Digital Fine Art was specifically meant for uh, non-design or non-art majors. So if you're in urban planning, you can take a Photoshop class. If you're in mathematics, you can take a Photoshop class. And the, the, um, the math students did really, really well at this project, especially wherein, you know, you could actually see how they utilize like this internal mathematical sort of skill set that they had, but, and, and then, you know, articulated that in their design. You can yeah. actually see it. It was super cool. I see the only time I ever really got into math was when we would look at like number sequences like the Fibonacci sequence and, and which seems right. to be very very sort of like rhythmical you know so the bit I get into with music is like the rhythmical side which is the same as you know I mean I'm a typographer I would say more than a designer you know I'm a graphic designer absolutely but I love typography and um, you know type is is it's much the same as musical notation, you know, those 26 little characters that we use are just like musical notes to, 
to, to me, you know? So right. it's whatever I've done has always weirdly enough been about sound, you know, uh, as well. And, uh, I don't really, I can't read music anymore. I used to be able to read music. Yeah. Um, cause I was made to play the cello when I was at school. And, uh, and okay. of it. um, so I used to be able to remember it. And then I think I just like wiped it from my memory cause it was an awful experience. Um, that's okay. I mean, music is something you feel. Yeah. And, and so when I'm, when I'm playing, you know, I, I look at the patterns that my fingers are making when I'm playing. And I think, so it, it's always been, um, you know, I, 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 I sort of like have to, whenever I did math as well, talking about math, we're talking about math a lot. This is scary. I, I would build, about. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I would build, these the the systems for working out the mathematical equations in my head and they would be like these three-dimensional things that i had to build because i i think i'm numerically dyslexic or something i don't know yeah so bad at that you know so i would like build these things and and i would be pretty good at mental arithmetic better than my cousin who went off and and uh studied physics and something at at college london one of the best universities in the world you know well, you know, Spencer, I, uh, I, I make the, uh, the point to say to, to my students, especially on my end of things as an interactive design specialist, like I'm, I'm teaching them math and logic visually, you know, and I think that there, there's a, a, a portion of that even in just general design. Yeah. Uh, I think it's inherent to the discipline, right? And especially when you look Absolutely. at the Swiss minimalists, you know, they love that's right yeah you know yeah. information architect is is and, and uh systems designer is something that is normally the language of of interaction design right but no we're i mean we're all information architects you know if if, if something is is and, and you can look at design as, as a piece of architecture almost in in the way that that sure. you know, from a hierarchical point of view you organize all of that information you know it's, it's sort of like got a work otherwise we're doing it wrong right 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 so switching gears a little bit yep. where did uh where did you get where'd you get your masters and I, what was that program like um so i i got my uh bachelor of arts at, at the university of westminster and and didn't really i it was in graphic information design and I went there mm. because um, I was intrigued by the title and, and it had yeah. a little bit more of a theoretical content than a traditional uh, bachelor's program. But by the time I'd, I'd finished, I, I just felt like I, I still felt really hungry. I didn't for, for knowledge. I didn't really like the professors there apart from the guy that I had in, in, in my last year. Um, so I decided to do the, the masters and mm-hmm. I did my uh, masters at St. Martin's college of art and design, which is part of the university of arts, London. Um, and St. Martin's is, um, I mean, it's up there with the, the Royal college of art as one of the premier masters programs in the country, Europe, the world, you know, it's really, um, but it, it, it has an awful, I mean, it's, a, it's an art school, right? That is it. it it's, yep. um, 
but you're mixing with really interesting people while when, when you're there as well so they've got an amazing fashion program uh you know many of the British fashion greats, Alexander McQueen, people like that graduated from St. Martin. So, you know, uh, it's this rich melting pot of yeah. weirdness and, and uh, British design school sort of mentality. I mean, when I was there, the place was, I remember showing my parents around, you know, because they were so proud of me. And I, they were, I was showing them around and they were like, God, this place is a shithole. It, it's just <laughs> falling apart. And, and, you know, and it's like, yeah, it, it it is a little a little bit, but it was yeah. such a a potent sort of like sandpit for creativity. It was a great program. It it was um, it was a program. About character. The campus has character. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, the University of Arts is is in London is made up of like six, maybe six or seven, maybe more than that. Different sort of like art schools there's Chelsea there's there's lots of, of different art schools but um but they've sort of like consolidated it into one big building in King's yeah. Cross um or the, the St Martin's has but we were sort of like broken up between a couple of, of old buildings and, and in London you sort of like have to go wherever you know you can find space so we were in this wonderful art deco um sort of like office building squeezed between, I don't know, a gap and, and somewhere else, you know, right. Um, in, in the middle of London, um, it's now an H and M, which is really weird, you know? Uh, but I remember going into the, the, uh, provost's office and it was just the most beautiful walnut veneer lined. Yeah, of course. Sort of like building, but yeah, it was, it was great. The program you, you, you had to have a portfolio entry to get in, but you also had to write a paper mm-hmm. about what you wanted to, your, your program, your study program that you wanted to propose. So it was an idea, it was, it was research-based, um, and, and you basically wrote a paper saying, this is what I want to do with the next two years of my, my life. I want to look right. into this. Um, and then what they did is they fixed you up with certain people within the organization that could facilitate that, whether it was your thesis that you were writing or whether it was the, the, uh, the visual stuff that you were doing. So there weren't really any classes, uh, as such. We, we just got on with the work and, um, there was a new guy running it the year that I started, um, who sort of like just knew everybody. So, you know, I had, um, I had letterpress classes with Phil Baines. I had typography classes with, with, um, God, I can't remember his name now. Um, you know, these great British designers, uh, or, or young, young Turks coming up in, 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 in the, in the world, you know, um, and I'll sort of say to my students, oh, you know, I'll show them great British typography. And it's like, oh, yeah, I went to university with him. Not in the terms of bragging, but, or, or went to university with him, or I was taught by him while I was at St. Martin's. It just had that sort of, it was like a magnet for these right. wonderful people to sort of like come into. And, and yeah, it was, and it was good. And it was, it was really well situated. Um, you could sort of like do anything you, you wanted to do there. Very freeform. 
So, so after your master's and, and, and this experience, this freeform experience you're talking about, where I, I feel like you just got to do a lot of living and experimenting and just kind of go with the flow, um, which, you know, sounds great to me because I had an extremely structured master's program right. that, I, that I went through. And where, where we, you, you went to SCAD, didn't you? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I got a scholarship to go to SCAD and it was um it was on you know ten week quarter system basically. Right. And um it was very structured and a lot of rigidity, but within those limits, as you know, you can develop some really amazing stuff within that amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um so you 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 graduate, you I move like on. And do you enter the industry or do you go right into Yeah, the yeah, no, I, I, I well, it, it, it was weird. It was, so Martin's, after, after going to the University of Westminster, feeling like I hadn't really been pushed by my professors and feeling that I was different from a lot of people there. Yep. Um, you know, I went to St. Martin's and felt much more at home uh, there. And, and seriously, the best thing I ever did, I always say to my students, you know, do not ever not think about doing a master's it's great but it, it did sort of like fuck me up because yeah. i didn't want to after i got out of it i didn't want any ordinary job working in the industry i didn't want you know a lot of a lot of the people that i graduated from from uh the university of westminster were working at publishing houses were working you know doing sort of like mac jockeys really it, it was production sort of, work yeah, not not necessarily production work. They were designers. They were they were, um, but it, it was sort of like you know a lot of them worked. Uh, there's a British publishers called, which is a worldwide publishers now called Dawling Kindersley. They do a lot of educational books. Um, you sort of like recognise them. They've got a white page with these beautiful photographed objects, beautifully designed books. So a lot of them were working there, and it was like, oh, what are you working on? It was like, yeah, I'm working on a book on motorcycles, but I'm running in type and I'm doing this and then I'm cutting right. it out in Photoshop and it's like, God, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Um, so I've done my uh, master's part of my master's was the paper that I wrote to get in was, was about, I was really interested in, in bringing more senses into the communication uh, model than we'd been that we've been used to through mass media, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it was, you know, how do we bring taste in? How do we bring sound in? How do we bring, you know, all these other senses in? So what it was, what I was looking into was sort of like, so how do we design a poster that then goes with a piece of music that then, you know, because right. at that time it was, it was before the internet existed right i'm showing my age here only just right and now i don't know if if there, there was a, a a couple of pieces of software out there called supercard and hypercard and they were like you could link files right so it was sort of like multimedia sort of and a lot of people were you know and there's a lot of stuff happening at mit the media lab uh, 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 mit there was a lot of stuff happening in in holland there was a magazine called mediamatic which was looking at sort of like you know, interaction and whatever. So my, my whole, my, my thesis when I um, graduated from my master's was called interactive sensory communication, right? Cool. Uh, we were looking at sort of like worlds uh, of virtual reality. It was, it was at this, at that time, it was the first sort of like cusp of, of not the first, the first peak 
or virtual yeah. reality and then it sort of like died down so um well, the, the, the sort of like, I mean, sorry to interrupt, but the conceptual was always there, but you couldn't yeah. execute because of the technology. Yeah, I mean, I, I did some part of the story is I did quite a lot of consultancy with various like like um, virtual reality startups, and I remember these very well-off guys that I went to see in 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 a quite a really nice part of London, and they they basically leased this like mansion house and filled it with all of the toys that they ever wanted. One of the guys was in finance and obviously he had a lot of money. Um, so they were looking at 3D sound. They were looking at 3D vision, um, but they didn't know how to share it with other people. So I would go in there and, and you know, we'd play around with virtual reality, literally in a room stacked with processing power. They were these big yeah. towers. You know, probably about the same processing power you've got on your iPhone now. But <laughs> there were these big towers which would hum and sort of like, and then you'd put the, the goggles on and it was like, oh my God, all of this is producing this horrible blocky crap. You mm -hmm. could, you, it was three-dimensional and you could yeah. sort of like run around. And, and at the time it was, it was amazing. But yeah, so the concept was there. And, and I'd done a lot of work with um, a professor of uh, electrical engineering at Imperial College. Uh, who one of my students at St. Martin's got in contact with me. One of my students ran a, a drawing class in his uh, uh, spare time and the professor had come to a drawing class. And, and so one of my fellow students said, oh, I know this, this guy is working on this weird stuff, looking at sensory communication and whatever. And he was like, oh yeah, you know, send him, send him my way. So we'd go and talk to this professor of electrical engineering and and he was really into virtual reality but at the cutting edge of it so right. from an academic point of view so we would talk about how to visualize the world's stock exchanges uh, in terms of a wheat field wheat blowing in the wind rising and falling and, and it was just like he was he was a, a poet you know mm -hmm. um so so you know i didn't want the normal <laughs> the normal job right. Um, so I did, so I was sort of like scraping around doing a lot of, you know, a, a lot of consultancy work for these companies, trying to, to get the message out there of what they were doing. They liked a lot of the work I was doing that I'd done for my masters because it come from that point of view of like, there were no books written on what I was studying when I was there other than a book about MIT and, and a book about some performance artists and whatever that were doing interesting stuff. So it was, it was really difficult to communicate that that stuff to to other people um whether they were business burn or whether they were fellow graphic designers you'd try right. and talk about this stuff and you'd you'd you know you'd say well yeah it's going to be interactive so if you touch this point here it will take you off to another point somewhere over there which we all understand now because of the internet right it's like yeah click on the link yeah you're talking to designers like, what's a link what does that do does that right. take you to another page? And it's like, well, yeah, but it blows apart the concept of pages. And, you know, <laughs> um, so it, it felt like I couldn't fit in to, to yeah. a standard job. And then I got a phone call one day uh, from my, so in the, in the English uh, academic system, you have people called external examiners and they come in basically to examine the standards of the university. So they examine the professors. They don't examine the students. They examine the professors to see if they're doing their job properly and to see if any chosen degree program is at the same level as, as their peers, right? Yeah. 
And she was, she was a really cool uh, American woman, funny enough, even though I was in the UK, uh, called Liz McQuiston, who's written a couple of books on, on agitation graphics and protest graphics. Yeah. Um, but she was my external examiner and uh, I got a call from her one day and she said, I'm teaching at this university in London um, and you've got your masters, right? And we're looking for somebody to teach graphic design. And with the American, I never, ever thought about becoming a professor. It was like, it was yeah. the last thing in my mind. You know, I wanted to go out there and, and uh, remember, I wanted to design record covers, but the record I'm with you, though. I, I didn't set out to be a professor either. Yeah. And, and sometimes, and, and, you know, I work with Greg Harrison, I, who you know, who was your old professor. And we said the same thing. I mean, he, he, he worked in advertising for years, you know. Um, I, I think sometimes makes us better professors for the fact that we didn't want to be professors and we went out and we did interesting things and did other things, you know, and, exactly. and, yeah. um, you know, I, I got into it to help pay the bills with the other consultancy stuff I was doing because I wasn't on a steady income. I was just sort of like, you know, moving around doing the stuff that was interesting me, you know, uh, doing freelance, uh, you know, album artwork and going and working with some, crazy uh, musicians who were playing around with three-dimensional audio and stuff like that you know and, and she said look you know I think you'd be a really good fit here the yeah. program chair is really interesting um, we're, we're trying to build a really uh, interesting program here um, why don't you come in and I'm like oh, shit what do I what do I do how do I teach these people you know and it, right. so, but I got bitten by the bug and 20 something years later i'm still there doing it when did uh when did you come to the states uh 10 just over 10 years ago so i came in the end of december sort of like middle of december 2009 so i've been here about Is 10 years when you started at cal i started at cal so i did a year i taught at um robert morris That's i was right. adjunct at robert morris I was doing some stuff at Grove City. Grove City were looking at doing a more academic uh, Grove City College, that is, um, yeah. sort of like visual communication program. Um, that was AKA software. Yeah, and, and like the theory behind it, whatever. So I was going in and, and getting people that never picked up a, or, or the last time they picked up a pencil was in, I don't know, like second grade to draw something. <laughs> right. but, and, but they loved it, you know. Um, and then I was also doing, uh, you know, doing some industry uh, stuff at, at CMU, you know, bits and pieces. Mm. But I, it was only a junk stuff. And, and, you know, part of the reason I moved to the States was to, to just rethink what I wanted to do with my career, you know, was it the design side I wanted to focus or the education side I wanted to focus more in because it was sort of like, I don't know, you know, I'd been at the same university in London for a while and it was, uh, you know, I, I, I was the program chair for about the last 18 months that I was there just to sort of like, yeah. go out with a flash of glory and see if I could do anything with the, with the, you know, reinvigorate the program. Um, but it was still, you know, so you know, it, it was quite a while at the same place, and it was like, yeah, maybe I'm getting a bit bored of this, or maybe I want a fresh challenge. But, but I really missed the classroom. I missed that involvement you get when you're a, a, a full-time, you know, uh, professor, and you you get 
to see them in their right. first semester and then you get to wave goodbye to them four years later when they've got this amazing hopefully amazing portfolio and, and off they go you know and when you're an adjunct it's it's sort of like hi fence <laughs> <laughs> you know yep. I, i'll i'll be with you for the next 15 weeks or whatever and then i'll never see you again right <laughs> so so you came to the states you've been here for a while you're teaching at cal u uh and you know so but you were in pittsburgh already yeah yes so my, my so i met my wife in london uh um but she is originally from pittsburgh so she was working and working and studying in london um and she was sort of like we would come over and visit she was homesick we actually got married over here and then went back to england and okay lived some more um and you know i was over one one Christmas, she was getting homesick. I mean, her family has always been really important to her. She was getting homesick. And London is a, a tough place to, to, to live. You know, it's, it's a really fast paced, quite aggressive city. Um, and we were sort of like getting a little bit tired of it. And I was over for Christmas and I was, this was in the days when I used to smoke. I was out on the back porch of my brother-in-law's having a cigarette looking at these beautiful trees thinking what the fuck am i doing in london <laughs> why am i going through this why am i getting angry every day get out of my way get out of my way i've got to get to work you know right and relishing the moments when i i could we had this great place just before we moved here where you could actually walk to work through regent's park and it was like oh my god this is wonderful you know uh, but i could have this every day if i if i moved to pittsburgh so yeah we moved out i mean it was a a huge change for a city boy you know i spent most of my most of my life in London and then you come right. up here and it's like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of trees and, and yeah. a lot of anything else, you know? Well, I'm, I'm glad you moved here. It, it's a great place to live, to raise a family, to start a career, to sustain a career. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the design scene here is, 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 is good. It's interesting. There's a lot yeah. of, a lot of stuff going on you know and there's some good history uh you know i i've i've always enjoyed the the design community here and you know uh it's just great to network with people you know it's funny the other day i'm in my front yard minding my own business you know fiddling around with the plants and um ups driver stops by drops something off and i'm like oh hey thanks yeah i really appreciate it and he's like RJ? And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> I mean, you know my name because it says it on the package, but you're saying it like you know me. And sure enough, it was someone that I knew from back in the day from when I was on the AIGA board uh, in the mid 2000s. And, um, you know, he, he didn't get out of design. He's just decided to pick up some hours with UPS on the side there. So it was pretty cool to be able to have those friendships and not see someone for a decade and just kind of. Yeah, it is. Right I, mean, left I, I just enjoy the, the, the world, you know, uh, I, I, you know, you've, you've, you've known Greg Harrison down at Cal U as well for, for many years, you know, I mean, more, more years than I care to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and there's nothing like weird abstract conversations with other designs about right. whatever, you know? Um, yeah. But, 
next time you talk to Greg, you can tell him how much of a pain in the ass I was, uh, <laughs> you know, or how much, oh, I, how much of a pain in the ass I thought I was to him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because yeah. of, because of wanting to have questions like that, like trying to just get as much knowledge and, and insight as possible. Um, yeah, it, it is. It, it, it is weird. You know, I've, I've, I haven't had that many students that ask me questions that make me stop and, and think, you know, um, there, there's a, a few around that, that do that, you know? Um, and I was always, my mother always said, you know, ask as many questions as you possibly can question everything. Don't believe anything. I mean, she was a, an anarchist and a communist, but you know, <laughs> but it was like, don't believe anything that the man says, don't trust the man, you know? Um, so, but it, it, it goes for, for, for everything. And I, I, if, if, if a student could take one thing away from me, that would be it. Just question, question everything. everything. Absolutely. Question everything, you know, if, if, because they, they come in and, and it's into typography class and they look at, we've got a band typeface posters up on the wall, which makes me feel a little uncomfortable because why would anybody ban a typeface? You know what I mean? Right. And then the Comic Sans is on there. It's like, oh, Comic Sans, yeah, it's the worst typeface in the world. And it's like, yeah, but who told you that? Right. Well, who says so? And it's like, well, why? Well, why? why is it the worst type, you know? You why, why is Helvetica the best typeface? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like... Um, I also, I, you know, it, it's weird that they'll, students will come to you and, and expect answers. And it's like, there isn't there really ain't no answers well in terms of answers i got some questions for you right (laughs) uh you know so you you had seniors this year uh they they graduated it feels like i don't know about you but for me it's like the semester just kind of went out on a whimper yeah and you know uh a lot of the so this was a unique year for me in that I'm adjuncting at Point Park University um, and I'm helping write their curriculum. But then my day job, I work at the University of Pittsburgh. And then I also had the opportunity to teach a brand management course in their business college. Right. So, you know, I've only ever taught in art programs. So to transition into a business college, it was really just thrilling. I had such a great time. And, um, despite the fact that like the, there wasn't any cross pollination between the two classes, both sets of students were saying they felt like they had their careers canceled. Right. So the Pitt students had and Point Park students, they had internships canceled or postponed, delayed, reconfigured. They've had jobs, uh, job offers rescinded and um, they're just sitting at home right now. Right. And it's like they have all this potential, all of this energy. They want to hit the ground running and, you know, work 14 to 16 hours a day to really get their career on a good foot. And that opportunity was taken away from them. And it wasn't like a, just a fleeting moment. Like this is going to be a long time before they're yep. able to actually not even recalibrate, but calibrate to yep. the new economy, the new version right. of it. So, for the for those students out there that feel like their futures or their careers have been canceled, what would you tell them to, you know, kickstart their career and and get it moving? Because even in this period of time right now, I still think that there is a lot of work to be done and a lot of good work 
and that enthusiasm and energy that that they have can be can be put to good use yeah sure i mean i i think everybody's been been looking for other channels i mean we're talking on zoom at the moment i've never used zoom well actually i i had because we were doing job interviews right position down at, at, at cal which was the first time i used zoom so i felt like i was comfortable for it but somebody had to put that system together um you know i i started i hadn't really used slack um yeah. and and i did a deep dive into slack because it was like i think this could be the answer for how i'm going to teach my skills my my, my classes because it's collaborative or it can be collaborative you know what i mean mm -hmm. uh i i think i think good designers uh uh, uh even though the, the way that we teach design at uh, Cal is is from a, a thought process you know uh, it doesn't really matter what something looks like I don't care what typeface you're using I don't want to really have a conversation about the typeface unless it's a, a completely uh, 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 wrong decision right that you've made um, we, we're thinkers and and we uh, we think in, in a, a truly open and a truly flexible way and I think that that the, the position we're in at the moment requires that more than ever, you know, uh, I, whenever this, the world gets back to normal, it's not going to be the normal that we were used to before. It's not going to be the same normal. Right. Um, I think the economy might be fundamentally different. I think the way that we work may be fundamentally different. I mean, my wife works in corporate America and, and she was basically told by her HR person that, they might not be going back to the office, you know, right. they might be working from home full time from now on, you know, because of, of whether it's at the moment that, you know, businesses are hurting because they're not making the money that they did or whether it's because, Oh shit, we can do it. You've just proved to us that we can all do it. Right. For um, years we can work from home and be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I have struggled somewhat. I, I don't think, a graphic design degree can be got online from my experience. I think, you know, the nothing beats that, the, the, the interaction that you get in, in the classroom, nothing beats the face-to-face -face critiques and whatever, but there are things that can be done when I thought, no, they can't be done. Right. So I think it, it's, it's made us rethink. Um, and there's going to be people out there that are going to design those new systems, whether it's uh, from a, a architecture point of view, um, whether it's from the interface point of view, whatever point of view, you know, we've got to have designers uh, uh, to, to, to shape those things. Right. Um, I think, I think we're also, we have this sort of like entrepreneurial spirit. We have this free, free thinking entrepreneurial spirit. Um, and that might see us through as well. I mean, I, I the fact that, I mean, if this had happened when I was at university, I would have been truly fucked. You know, I have my physical <laughs> portfolio that yeah. I would go around to design offices with. I might have mailed them a letter saying, can I have a job, please? Can I have a job, please? But then I had to go around with my physical portfolio. We don't have to do that anymore. You can send me your, your URL. I can look at your, whether it's your website or your Behance profile or whatever, and, and, and we can interact. We can have a Skype call. We can have a, a, a Zoom call. We can FaceTime. We can, you know, um, there's so many ways of, of, of interacting and there's going to be so many newer ways of interacting and all of those are going to have to be designed. Right. Uh, you know, so whether it's, 
working for shaping the new world or being part of that new world and, and designing for people that are navigating that new world. I mean, I, I, as long as, as industry doesn't do what it typically does in recession mode and, and cuts design and advertising spend, you know, if it actually thinks uh, uh, in, in a more expansive way and in a little bit more of a long-term way and say, look, we've got to dig ourselves out of this horrible, big shitty hole that we're in. Right. And a way to do that is to communicate is to market is to, is to get our PR going is to design our messaging take that and you know and decide what our new voice is going to be and our new brand is going to be uh, if they do that then all of these kids are going to uh, 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 be in, in work doing this because this is a this is it will be a massive overhaul um is it really really scary you know i remember graduating you know part of one of the to tell you the truth one of the reasons there were two reasons why I, I did a master's one because I felt hungry for knowledge and I didn't like the professors and two I didn't want a job I didn't want to sort of like go out there and you know it, because it's a scary prospect it's sort of like it's it's really grown up um and and you know um so it is a it, it's a scary it's a scary time only because uh it's that fear of the unknown yeah, I mean, of course, it's scary because. So you know, on that note, you know, it's scary, and I don't mean to belittle that. And, no. and you know, we are living through a a terrible time. You know, one of the things that I I did, I do it. I get my students to do a, an ongoing design journal where they have to log. Eat, part of it is logging each week a piece of design or a piece of typography or a piece of whatever class or in color theory. You know, that interests them every week. So I switched over to a a COVID nineteen special edition where they had to log a piece of some a piece of affirmative design that was out there that was a response to what was happening with the covid so whether it was a, a temporary hospital made out of shipping containers whether it was a 3d printed mask whether it was uh, you know a piece of information graphics about this that or the other you know where design has the power to to absolutely make a difference whether it's saving lives whether it's making the space where other people save lives a better space to inhabit whether it's you know well, create awareness, raise dialogue, uh, open up lines yeah. of thinking. Absolutely. So um, I absolutely want to do this again, but we've run out of time. And there was one thing that you said that I think is absolutely critical to what you and I both do as, as teachers. And that's, you know, whenever there's, uh, you know, we're in a new system, we're in a new paradigm. Um, creating those new voices that define all of this newness, I think is absolutely critical. Right. And through uh, critical thinking and objective research and, you know, just grinding on problems until we, we crack them and solve them, like that's going to help develop those new voices. And, you know, some of this. That, 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 that flexibility that we yeah. as designers have to have of, of whether it's, me in my free form master's program are you in your 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 rigid master's program you know right. we can thrive in any one of those environments we thrive in any environment just because we're flexible and we're intelligent uh and 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 you know uh and that should mean that we we 
thrive now. It's that, that, that power to be flexible and to question everything. <laughs> and, you know, through that questioning, you learn failure, you learn experimentation, you, you get a thick skin, you become dogged and determined. And those are characters, traits that are going to get us through this next phase of our, our lives. And also, I guess that, that, that thing of, um, you, you know, what I was saying when students come to you expecting an answer, should it be red or should it be blue? Uh, I don't know, <laughs> you know, uh, try both, see what, you know, there, there is no one answer to what we're going through at the moment, you know, so try things and see if they, they work. You know, one of, one of my, my maxims that I've adopted over the past couple of years is never say never, just, just try it. Never say that Comic Sans is, is, you know, who knows, it might have a use uh, somewhere. Uh, I think if you've got that, that flexibility and you need it more than ever to just sort of like, yeah, let's give it a go. See what happens. Somewhere. Someone. What's that? I was going to say, uh, somewhere, <laughs> someone is using wingdings in a very serious way. <laughs> yeah. 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 But maybe, you know, if, if it makes a couple of people chuckle and, and uh, you know, then what's wrong with that? I, I, I uh, you know, who knows? Well, this was great, Spencer. Thank you so much for your time, and hopefully we'll uh, do this again soon. All right. Cool, man. All right, we'll check in with you. Take care. Bye-bye.